Bonjour. I'm Twinkle Motherfucking Toes, and I am the one who taught Lil Nas X how to pole dance. And I am the worker who filed Tamishi Tamishi Iman's publicist unemployment papers. I'm Jamal. And welcome to Black to Our Roots, a Blackly Black podcast where we recap RuPaul's Drag Race. We have had to suffer through a Thursday with no UK, so we didn't hop on any flights from the good old UK. We did not fly the Concord back to the US, Miss Thing. We've been sitting right here no in COVID land. No spirit, yes. And in poor spirits, because this is another week without Tia Conti. <laughs> Child, I don't know whose spirits was poor over that. Me, you know I love me some tea or coffee. I love tea or coffee. Go to her, her Instagram page. Go to her YouTube. You see her. Her, 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 um, her uh, uh, Amazon passion. I was about to say, shout out Thorgy Door. <laughs> shout out to Thorgy Door. Thorgy. Oh, so listeners, if you have not watched, uh, what is it called? First, first impressions with uh, Bob yeah. Drag Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, since uh, RuPaul Drag Race want to play games and give that job to Vinegar Strokes. Uh, no, sorry, uh, Jackie. Jackie Cox. Cox. Yes. Who is? Uh, Oh, first of all, <laughs> on the last before we would talk about Bob the Drag Queen, did you see the last one that Jackie Cox did? For, I don't watch uh, it. Jackie annoyed Jackie's <laughs> voice annoys me. Like I watched it for the beginning and then I couldn't continue because Jackie's mm-hmm. Jackie's voice annoys me and that fake character that she's doing annoys the shit out of me. Well, so you know I what annoyed I can't me? Watch it. You know what annoyed me about Jackie this week? And this should be looking that- terrible. That motherfucking lace was nice and popped up, bitch. And you know she don't got no kinds of friends on set. Bitch, the lace was saying hi, girl. It was undercooked on Miss Jackie's lace. That's were you it. were you surprised? <laughs> yes, I was because I have not seen her lace look like that before. It was fully popped up and she was recording. Well, she was wow. me somebody was somebody yes. was standing behind the camera. Yes. And hey, yo, sis. Your your lace is a yes. on that wow word. is good for letting the girls get up there and look crazy. Did you see how they let Mayhem look when she got up there one week and did um a recap? <laughs> you know, Mayhem also has some weeks where she'd be looking crazy and she had so. highlight, she had on like <laughs> highlight white highlight. It was like white, white from her chin to her fucking the bottom of her eye. And they let her stand up there and deliver, looking like a full-on spook. Yeah, but you can clock more the uh, damn lace being nice and popped up and being, hey, yo, you, a professional drag queen who made it to the top five of your season. The oh, least you the least you bitches can do is tell the host her lace is popping up. Well, Anywho, well. Uh, so Bob the Drag Queen uh, does first-first impressions, and Thorgy Thor loves to let Tia Coffee have it in the fashion department, Thorgy as Thor we have. Exposing. That's what she calls herself, Thor. She's exposing. <laughs> Thorgy has created this narrative where uh, this nepotism narrative where Miss Tia Coffee is uh, best good Judy's with somebody who works at the BBC mm-hmm. and they made an arrangement to put her on the show halfway through. And I said, Miss Thorgy, Miss Thorgy, <laughs> mm-hmm. be mindful that Tia probably landed in the same position you landed in your first season, girl. So you need to relax. <laughs> she says it's all in love, but you know what Miss Thorgy gives sometimes, you know. Right. It, it was the great philosopher Tyra Banks who said there is truth in jest. Well, and it was also the great Thorgy Thor who, or the great Bob the Drag Queen who gave us an insight into Thorgy Thor's character when she said, yes. <laughs> Thorgy doesn't want you to win. I mean, Thorgy doesn't want to win. She wants you to no, lose. lose. And there's yes. a difference. Mm-hmm. And there's tons to unpack there about uh, people sabotaging others and projecting. <laughs> so, uh, let's get into this week's episode. Uh, last week, 
on RuPaul's Drag Race season 13, uh, episode 925,600. Um, <laughs> they assassinated Tina Burner with one snipe <laughs> from the mm. gun <laughs> during their soft drink commercials. Uh, and they had Miss Utica and Tina Burner up there lip syncing to my humps. My humps, my humps, my humps, <laughs> which a lot of people liked. <laughs> Looking oh, at, I love like, that song. Looking at no, they liked it as a lip sync song. Oh, really? Yeah, looking at other drag queens accounts and then just the Twitter universe in general, a lot of people were like, "Oh, yes, this is a great lip sync song. I'm here for this." And I was like, "Okay, well, I guess." Is it? I mean, if you like it, I love it. I, I don't think it's a great lip sync song, but you know, the thing I've also noticed with the Black Eyed Peas is some of their earlier stuff. You just rediscover. It's like the, one of those things that you rediscover. And you're like, oh, yeah, I used to fuck with this hard back in 2005, 2006. So, like, yeah, yeah I'm sure it's going to wear off soon, girl. And next week, they're going to be like, please stop playing that motherfucking song. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Barbie Girl, you know, makes his rotations mm-hmm. every now and again. Everyone's like, yes, Barbie Girl, yes, Barbie Girl. And then you're like, please, no more motherfucking Barbie Girl. I should know I've performed to it before. <laughs> so uh, we're back in the workroom. Uh, once again, fresh off of our assassination the likes of which we've only seen with Miss Sugarcane. And we are now down to our top six dolls. Utica is still on her Please Don't Cancel Me tour. Mm-hmm. Over here talking about, I'm really upset that I had to send home Tina. And Tina deserves to be here more than I do. Now, <laughs> I have some conspiracy thoughts, but I'll share that when we get into the actual maxi challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I need, but I mean, Candy is... That Utica is full of shit. Yes, Candy is fully over it. Candy is over here like right. Miss Utica, Utica. I'm not about to sit here and tell you that you turned that lip sync because you did not. I actually thought that Tina won, and that is a point of contention on this show because we have been going back and forth all week. I thought that Tina won, and I thought that Tina was tired as fuck. You just don't like the no. mighty red, yellow, and no, because I gave it up for Tina when she did that exact <laughs> same performance to uh, Lady Babala. Child, let me tell you something. Jamal will not let this lady mom alive fucking thing Because she ate them girls up. Girl, she nibbled the girls because the other girls would not <laughs> eat it, okay? Girls up. She was able to eat them bitches up because they were spoiled. The performances were a fucking mess. <laughs> the most exciting thing was Miss Kamora uh, K- uh, looking absolutely stunning. Um, so the Mac girls- works for all occasions. Uh, except for that, because she was in what? Top <laughs> loading, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Did you peep Miss Utica go? Uh, I think we got another lip sync assassin on our hands. I said, now wait a minute. I'll bitches. pay attention to the girls when they crown themselves. Wait a assassins. minute, bitches. I cannot. We are about to have a moratorium on lip sync assassin like we do with Blanche Devereaux. So I'm getting tired of these bitches thinking they're the lip sync assassin. We've only really had one lip sync assassin recently, and that was Tace. Mm. Eating them girls up in the UK. Mm-hmm. So much so that they weren't willing to eliminate her after her third damn lip sync. Well, Taste lip sync four times. Yeah, <laughs> and well, still hey, no. So she Abby OMG. She lip sync five times actually. Well, for the crowd is a different kind of lip sync. Mm-hmm. But so did Abby OMG. Well, taste is actually good. <laughs> <laughs> they kept Abby around because they needed somebody with rhythm. Abby was eating end. them girls up. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> And the fact that we didn't worry on topic anyway. So the girls are sitting down and congratulating our double win queens, Simone and uh, Rose. Mm -hmm. And we start to get this narrative of Candy is the only girl here now that Tina's gone without a win. So 
And we also see the screen time with Olivia. So we have some predictions about what this episode is going to be about because we're going into the top five um, once someone from tonight uh, gets into the house. And there is essentially a lot riding on today's main challenge, mm-hmm. right? We see that Candy, we get this narrative of Candy's never won a, a challenge, which is either going to be a situation where she turns the episode out and we get an Alaska Red for Filth moment, or we get a Jan, uh, Shore Jan moment, and she mm-hmm. gets sent to the house to Widow Von Du to a Shaka Khan song. Mm-hmm. And of course, we see this continued production of this um, uh, uh, second assassination attempt on, uh, attempt on Miss Olivia Lux. <laughs> because they've, they have been spending the last couple episodes, um, and, and not just in design, but in also performance, setting the tone for Olivia is going downhill in terms of performance like that exponential growth is now on its mm-hmm. downward curve in the performance yeah and you even saw that in the judging tonight and some of the comments of the judges because there was one comment in particular that i thought was very interesting um mm, i can't wait to hear it yeah we'll get to that <laughs> so it's the next day in the workroom and simone is jazzed about her fourth fourth win and i do need to ask you some questions about that and but she didn't say that anything can happen so the question i have for you four win club Yes, let's talk about the four. So there's this thing that the uh, this, the, the uh, four win curse is what they call it. <laughs> Famous members of the four win curse or victims, I should say, are Gigi Good, Shay Coulee. Who else am I missing? Uh, Bimini Bamboulash. Bimini Bamboulash. Yeah. But see, here, but here's is there's the exception is MB Peru. Yeah, MV1, uh, shit ton of challenges. And I feel like there's another one, because how many challenges did Alaska win on All-Stars? But Alaska won All-Stars. You mean on her, that's her what season? I'm sa- yeah, no, but I'm, that's what I'm saying is that, you know, I think that sometimes... Oh, you mean for the win, not for the curse. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes there is there's something to point out in the trends that people notice in Drag Race, and sometimes mm-hmm. uh, people have, like, selective memory. Yes. So, you know, all of that to say that, you know, there are um, there are certain trends, for instance, that if a girl generally lip syncs twice on RuPaul's Drag Race, she's probably not going to win the crown. But then you start to see girls like Priyanka, who lip sync twice mm-hmm. when, you know, when uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, which I think was the first time ever, actually, mm-hmm. that happened. So uh, so you, you you start to wonder whether the girls are going to live up to these trends and this is going to be what happens in the formula that is RuPaul's Drag Race or are they going to be the first one to sort of buck the trend? Well, there is no formula. This is also completely about production, right? Because Priyanka, mm-hmm. Priyanka also won because out of the, the finalists, she was the most marketable. Exactly. You know she's the most mean? exciting. Yeah, she's the most exciting, most marketable. So that also comes to that also comes into play when right. we're talking about who wins the show because the 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 other side of the show beyond it being a quote unquote talent competition is that this also is a business. So the person mm-hmm. who wins represents your business for right. a year. You know what I mean? And so yep. when we get into that and we talk about why certain queens didn't win um the show uh that also plays a role in it right yes eureka did not win season 10 right for a specific reason she had a whole bunch of bad press going into that finale oh no that's a great example oh go ahead no i was gonna say ginger did not win season seven for a specific reason she wasn't as exciting yes and ginger had also lip sync twice Yeah, yeah but still going into the finale ginger you know what i mean was 
in in a lot of people's minds, Ginger was the favorite to win. She, she was the mm-hmm. favorite to win, and people were a little surprised when Violet Chachki won over Ginger Man. Yeah, but you know you can't argue with someone who has a track who has a good track. Yeah. So I think a, a great example would be Brooklyn Heights and Evie Oddly. Evie strolled up into that finale with one win that was shared with Scarlet Envy, had lip synced against Brooklyn Heights. Meanwhile, Brooklyn, oh, I think Brooklyn's another member of the four uh, four win club. Maybe. Uh, so, uh, but who's the more exciting? Who do you really want to see win? You want to see this girl who's funky, who's interesting, win the competition over this girl who is a uh, Let's keep it. Let's keep it trill. Brooklyn Heights is boring as hell. Yeah, and I mean, also too, as as uh, one YouTuber pointed out, uh, shout out to the Drag Detective. Uh, when we think about the business of All Stars, and we think about mm-hmm. the long game of who will people tune in to see, especially if they right. were uh, quote unquote robbed during their season, right? Jan is into the chat, right? Yes. Shay Kool-Aid is into the chat, right? Um, which can hurt the girls too because then they end up having to deal with the other sort of fan narrative of uh, the, the fan uh, backlash if you will of well this was just meant as a um, too much focus on the Rob storyline mm-hmm. and not a rightful win because Shay got hit with that Yeah, you know uh, she got hit with uh, this is this was, they spent too much time you know processing I'm tired her of about it oh, you, well they kept fucking bringing it up they told her that, hey you know what you should add to your comedy act the roses thing mm-hmm. i think that's a great idea for you so you know it it, it works in all different ways this is a reality show that we're talking about so there is no um while there are certain trends that we can almost count on you you always want to know who is going to be the person to break that streak mm-hmm. so anywho rupaul comes up on the screen and she says good girls finish last so who you gonna be miss goody two shoes or hell on heel I'll meet your ass in the parking lot. And naturally, there are lots of fight references in there, and Candy is ready to rumble. <laughs> <laughs> right, Candy's excited. She's like, oh, this is my challenge. So we get we get the fight, bitches. Okay, let's go ahead and do you where the best and leave. Throw my purse at the tree, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Do you know if you did you know that was a thing? What? Throwing your if you about to be in a fight, throwing your purse on a tree. Mm-hmm. I did not know that until um Someone had mentioned it. And I was like, what the fuck does that? I never knew that was a thing until someone mentioned it one time. But to be fair, I also didn't know what it meant. To, uh, uh, what was the purpose of putting Vaseline on your face before you like, get my Vaseline? Well, until you, someone finally explained so that you don't get your face scratched up in the fight. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, hey. Jamal, I was you not know. in a bunch of fights when I was younger. I, I was know. about to say certain <laughs> things, you, certain things you, you, you glean and know because of life experience. Yes, those are things I am not familiar with because I am the described goody two-shoes in the challenge. So RuPaul comes in the room and she delivers the mini challenge and the girls are going to be doing a live makeup tutorial on how to do a glam selfie all of season six. So one doll is going to be the face and the other doll is going to be the hands. And in season six, one doll was the body and the other doll was the legs. Mm -hmm. So you said you had like a door Delano sitting on fucking Darien Lake mm-hmm. <laughs> with these massive fucking legs in the air. Uh, and this was uh, a really, really, really enjoyable mini challenge. Like, I don't think I've enjoyed a mini challenge like uh, like this one in so long. Yeah, it was funny. It was very funny. So you had, uh, well, first of all, the, the dolls are joined by fellow drag queen and president of Anastasia Beverly Hills, Norvina. 
uh, Miss Thing came to work. She is at a full <sighs> stoned gown and has purple fucking galactic hair on. I said, okay. Okay, Miss Norvita. She said, I came to play with the girls. Yeah. Rose and Candy are hysterical. Gottmik and Utica are also fucking hysterical. And Simone and Olivia, well, they're all fucking hysterical. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm, they were all hilarious. And I, I can tell you one thing, though. Uh, uh, Miss Simone, like Sister Mary Clarence. Well, well, <laughs> we know what Simone gives. Simone looks like Sister Mary Clarence. Rose they say, pop. They say quick drag. Simone just sprays, finishes the spray on her face and okay. throws on a wig. I will say this though, she looks excellent later on tonight, though. Mm-hmm, I mean, she's she, very she, pretty. She could have used some titties. But you know, stylistic. She's very pretty in the challenge. Anywho, the winners of this week's challenge are Rose and Kennedy. Wow. Who the fuck is Kennedy? Mm-hmm. Rose and Candy, who get to go to the Ellie Diamond School of Setting Lineups for a part of their win in our main challenge, A Nice Girls Roast, where we are joined by Heidi Aphrodite, our fan favorite Valentina, and famed TLC enthusiast Nina West. Yes, all former Miss Congenialities. Yes. The last... Because yeah. uh, Monet didn't come... Well, I thought they were going to go just straight up down the line, but then Monet was not there. Because she, she won. Yeah, I know. My God. Um, so yeah, so the girl, so Heidi and Rose. No, oh, Heidi and Rose. So who Candy, Candy and <laughs> so Candy and Rose are in charge of the lineup, right? And usually when we get into the comedy roast stand-up, yada 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 challenges, lineup becomes this huge plot point. It wasn't mm-hmm. as big this time, right? Whereas, you know, in the past, uh girls have weaponized their right to choose the lineup. Um uh-huh. to, get the issue um or whereas in the past girls have definitely used that power to set themselves up for success uh rose and candy uh picked arguably the two hardest spots in a show and gave themselves those spots with candy going first and rose going last and everybody else fell in the middle um so ambitions were back there doing science so that was interesting because because <laughs> Simone points it out too. Simone pointed it out. She's like, y'all went over there. Y'all had the power to decide the lineup and y'all decided to give yourselves the hardest positions. Um, and I also think that, but what I also think is I remember during season five when Alaska said, I want to go first. Um, and I think that if you know that you have the goods then there's no problem in putting yourself in one of those quote unquote more difficult positions. And also, yeah. I don't see Candy and Rose as being necessarily vindictive at this point to the other girls where they would think about how to strategize somebody else to fail. Well, so. you know, these two girls are also arguably the two girls we have left who are funny. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When you know that you have the goods, there's no problem in going, you know what I mean, first exactly. or last. Because well, it's gonna be funny. Yeah, you're gonna be funny. You can you will if I prefer to go first because one, I can get it out get it out the way and you set the tone for the show. And you know, it, it you so you talk about there's no it's it's not them being vindictive. Well, I don't know that there is a how do I want to articulate this? Because they are the two funniest girls that we have remaining, it's it's the same sort of positioning when I look at like how Ellie Diamond did it. She's sandwiched for 
yourself in a position that would also still be favorable. So you take a competitive spot that is first or last that still works for you. But in what's different in the case of Ellie is it was perceived as vindictive. No, yeah. Where in this case, I, it wasn't perceived in that way at all. Am I yeah, any because sense? it because it wasn't because right. it wasn't right. There was no setup as opposed to like Shangela deliberately putting people in certain mm-hmm. spaces. So, you know what I mean? Like, I what I, my point is that there was not that. Whereas in previous, um, previous lineup, previous um sections, they mm-hmm. we have had competitors who have had the right to decide where they would be placed and they have kind of prioritized themselves in a way that um did harm to the other competitors i didn't say that it always happens but it Mm -hmm. is a plot point and it wasn't really one this week this this time this in this uh scenario because there was less of the other elements at play right so yeah i guess what i'm getting at is perception and reality that's what i'm thinking about maybe yeah, well, uh, Ellie also did play a game to her advantage that did harm the other girls. That was that's just what it was. And Ellie even said that I made a decision for myself. Fuck you. Um, Which is what Roseanne Kennedy. Who the fuck is Kennedy? Right. So anyway, <laughs> so we get to the girls, um, you know, uh, going through their material and starting to develop material. We started to get certain storylines during the prep with Lonnie Love and Michelle, right? So we have Candy come out first and Lonnie and Michelle love her. They think that she's funny and she has the energy. The notes that they do give Candy are the same notes that I would give Candy, which is, girl, you know, you got a speech impediment and you know you talk fast. So Mm -hmm. if you, in order for the joke to be of maximum impact, you need to work on diction and pacing. Right, yes. because that's just as important to the success of a joke um, as the actual joke itself. Right, delivery, mm-hmm. diction, and pacing. Um, God Mick comes out, and God Mick is nervous <laughs> about his, is nervous about his set. However, God Mick has good material, um, and so once again, you got the material. Get comfortable with it, relax, and trust that you have good material. Right. Um, Rosé comes out, Rosé is great. Rosé is like an all-star student. You know, she's an A student. You got good material. You know what you're doing because you're comfortable being on stage. Boom. Um, Utica comes out and we begin to get the plot line that we have kind of had all season with Utica, which is Utica gets feedback on what to do and Utica deliberately ignores the feedback. Uh, and even I think it was funny that Candy pointed this out uh, when Utica came back into the workroom and was talking about how she felt. And Candy said, oh, so the same way you felt in this challenge, this challenge, this challenge. Mm-hmm. And as someone who reads in between the lines, I would have said, oh, so there's a pattern right there. Right. Maybe if I want to be successful, I can acknowledge the pattern um, and and make some preparation to change it. But that you know what we're talking about about also it's it's easier said than done when you're in the moment right Mm -hmm. and we know that this show is shot not in weeks but in days Mm -hmm. um and there's a high it's it's a high stress like situation so you are just like running on adrenaline a lot so 
I'll give her some, I'll give her something for that, right? Um, and Olivia comes out. Uh, Olivia thinks that she has great material, uh, is concerned a little bit about doing a roast uh, because of her perception as the nice queen. Um, and she delivers a few clunkers in the, in the prep. Um, and so, you know, Michelle and Lonnie are a bit concerned and they want Olivia to be um, more thoughtful about what she is doing with her jokes, right? And to consider um, how funny the jokes actually are um, and kind of like letting go of this attachment to this character as she sees it, right? Um, and we see that later, there's a way to do niceness um, in a roast, right? Niceness is a character in a roast. Um, you just have to figure it out. Yeah, I do want to point out, or I do want to ask, because a roast is a roast, right? You're making fun of somebody. You're joning, mm -hmm. as we say in DC. You're joning on somebody. Um, what makes a good roast? Because they point out to Utica that her jokes are not funny. They're just mean. Mm -hmm. So... What makes a good roast to you? Uh, a good roast uh, is lighthearted, funny, and quick, and smart. Those are the most successful performers in any kind of roast. So uh, one thing that you, we do have to note about these girls is a lot of them are pretty removed from the concept of a roast mm -hmm. outside of the world and context that is RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. So I think of like a Dean Martin celebrity roast when I think of roast. I think of... Um, not it's not a roast but structurally um in comedy delivering a laugh in like you would for rowan and martin's laughing you know mm -hmm. delivering a, a joke in that way uh we got a lot of calls to some really past great roasters uh, uh phyllis diller joan rivers uh don rickles <laughs> and those comedians are able to make smart and funny jokes that are also not jokes that we hear all of the time. They are, in some senses, personal, fast, quick, quick jabs, smart jokes, hilarious, and it keeps it moving. And you don't mm -hmm. have a ton of time. You have to be able to deliver a bunch of those in a short amount of time. So it, it is very much so a skill. And it does come from a, a particular sort of era of comedy it's, it is its own type of comedy so if you're not familiar with that sort of setup mm -hmm. you can be in a position to fail it's yeah. not just like hosting the show yeah yeah <laughs> um and the, the what i will say is that from what i've seen and this is just only online right there is perhaps some benefit to certain regions um mm -hmm. you know what i mean because the new york queens do roast a lot right right a lot right little um, ass tables and that uh little ass bars and little tables from the basement right so and i mean so that's something that kind of is in the just uh the um toolbox maybe um of people who have come up in that specific scene um and while it isn't the same thing as hosting you're absolutely right i do think that some kind of experience with being in in command of a, a crowd will help um, just in terms of awareness on stage. And so, and we see that too, the queens who are more used to certain things in this challenge do a little bit better 
than the queens who have been putting on dresses in front of cows. Right. right. I go moo stunning. Right. Yeah. yeah. So who in the history of the road? Because I actually do like the roast challenge. I think that I they love can keep the roast it. challenge. I love and it. And I was thinking about some of like my favorite um performances in roast challenges. Like I mm-hmm. always love Alaska in season five. I still don't Alaska understand. Was excellent. I still don't understand why they gave her shit for going first. Um it was just well, let's talk. Fun. Let's let's talk about that too, because I also thought the Jinx was great, and Coco ends up winning that rose. And I thought Coco was great, but in terms of like we talk about roasting being a specific type of comedy, a specific type of setup, I God, preferred they had to give Coco away. Right, I preferred what Alaska and Jinx did. I loved Manila and the roast eulogy of Lady Bunny. Mm-hmm. Aside from that one racist joke that she had for uh, Valentina, <laughs> she could have kept that. Uh, one she should not have said and then Monet in that challenge was also pretty good too but you know some of the we've only had what four three roasts at this we've point? had the roast of RuPaul we've had the roast of Michelle Visage we had the roast of Lady Bunny we've had the roast of the Miss Congenialities yeah um yeah 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 I think I mean Pep Sasha and Shay were also really good their season too <laughs> yeah 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 Sasha was good too because I remember she was kind of self-aware about yes. the the heady jokes. Um, and then, yeah, that was the challenge. That was the one challenge to Peppermint won. Yes, let's go. Let's talk about Sasha too and those heady jokes because that's that's the other thing we were saying about delivering smart jokes that are quick because mm-hmm. smart jokes can easily go over people's heads. Mm-hmm. So she really did an excellent job. You know, I don't like to give Sasha. Well, Lord, too much. She really curated those jokes beautifully to fit the rose setting and was right. true to herself and her intelligence. So she did an absolutely stellar job during that rose. Yeah, although I was tired of your storyline being I'm smart. She's a Fulbright scholar. Oh, girl, please. Because when she was making some of them jokes and then she was like <laughs> trying to like uh, be self-effacing, like, oh, that was maybe a little too smart for her. I was like, that, right, wasn't, right, 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 right. that wasn't that smart of a joke. Anybody, right. you know what I mean? But anyway, but anyway, um, yeah. So those are like some of my favorite. I think that the roast challenge is great. I think they should keep it. Um, I like the idea of expanding it to roast the miscongenialities. Mm. Um, there's a lot of material there, and I like right. some of the jokes that came out. Um, Me too. So let's get into it. Let's get into the roast. So first things first, RuPaul comes out looking absolutely excellent. She is wearing. Uh, I did not sheer- like it. I thought she looked stunning. I loved I it. Not like it. She could have kept the little tool poop thing she had going on in the back, but I always love RuPaul in a nice short number. She's wearing a sheer bodysuit. It is sequins down ish, <laughs> strategically sequined. Uh, she looks like she is um, auditioning for Vanity Six. It is very much so in RuPaul's wheelhouse because RuPaul lives eternally in the 80s. Yeah, I did not like it. I love that Michelle looks, I love the new Michelle looks because I just reflect back on them season three and season four outfits. She an old ass woman now. How would she better not be running around with no fucking uh bedazzled lightning bolt on her chest and yeah, so ruffles. just titties just out ruffles on the side getting the RuPaul shot. Uh, <laughs> yes, no, Michelle looks absolutely superb. Cause you know, she also has a little bit of razzle dazzle every now and again too, which is nice, but yeah. It's not, um, she's not just like she's a, a extra in Mad Max every week like anymore. And we love going to see to it. the CBS in New Jersey. 
I said, girl, you are not competing in the show. And, and if you were, you would not be on that stage. Go sit down. So the miscongenialities walk in for the roast. And my first thoughts are, wow, everyone looks a fucking mess. Right. Um, <laughs> Nina walks in wearing a glob of the two outfits that got her sent to the house. The first time. <laughs> Baby, um, can we take a moment for it? Because I was recently going back to season 11. And I remember when Nina West walked in and she was like, you know, if some of the girls see me and they know who I am, then they're going to be intimidated. And then I just fast forwarded in my mind, all of them runways. Yeah, I was like, full on linebacker every week. Don't be, oh God. Anyway, anyway, Nina West always looks a mess. That's and that's on what proportions, which I thought she looked beautiful during the reunion. I liked her dress concept. We've seen Nina look beautiful and look polished. One time. And then we, and then we've seen times where Nina does, has not, and that has One mostly been season eleven. Arguably on the show, her best look was a fucking calf tan. So Valentina comes in in a pretty standard Valentina dress. Her makeup seems off tonight. Yeah, it's something. Sun was different, but you know what I also saw is that the brows were different and the eyeliner. Yes, the brows were different, which means she did. She was nice and she was probably just like she always is nice and late to the fucking gig <laughs> and didn't have 18 hours to do her makeup. So she right. sat, did it in three and right. it was giving what the roast on all stars for for Lady Bunny. <laughs> and then Heidi and Closet comes on the runway. Now, you and we all know that Miss Heidi and fashion are not best friends. Uh, she has given us an homage to Smooth Criminal. It was a struggle. You see that fucking hat? It I was said, a bitch, I, is that the hat from the yellow man from motherfucking Curious George? That shit was fucking terrible. I was glad Girl. though, because the, <laughs> the hat at least covered some of that fucking makeup. <laughs> it's just, that's also a shame because we do know that when given the right amount of time or the right Heidi amount can, of help, Heidi can successfully do a face. Or the right amount of help. Now, if I was up here telling jokes about Heidi, it could have been. Now, if I was up here telling jokes about Miss Heidi, we was going to talk about how Heidi made her makeover partner look way better than her (laughs) during her makeover in season 12. So, Candy, oh, the other thing I'm thinking, too, is why does the stage look so motherfucking bare? They couldn't decorate this bitch a little more? Girl, you know they're on a budget. It's fucking, this is in the middle of the pizza party. Listen, no, bitches, we are not on a budget. Party. Not when we just giving away $2,500 for mini challenges to two bitches. Well, they that was already a lot of it. Listen, we already managed, and we managed to find two prizes of $100,000 for All Stars 4. Okay, no, girl, and done. they spent the rest of it on them fucking plastic screens. You Everybody are a motherfucking liar, girl. They have so, full sponsorship deals in that bitch. So they could at least put a little, little placard on the front with some faces on that bitch. Ain't nobody got time for all that shit. Girl, girl, they are producing a motherfucking television show. They had enough girl. time to put together that tired-ass COVID special. You lucky they we could here. Do, the least they could do is put a motherfucking placard on the front of that damn podium. You lucky we here. That's girl. what it was given. So Miss Candy Muse comes out, <laughs> and immediately her energy levels are on 800. I'm living for it. I figured this is what Miss Candy was going to give, and she was the perfect selection to open the show. Uh, she has, She is doing everything we just described is a perfect Rose. She has some. She has some smart jokes that are in there. They are quick. They punch. They land. She keeps her energy level and confidence high. Uh, the empty concerts joke about Michelle and seduction. Lance, excellent. Mm-hmm. Your angel needs an angel. Lance. I laughed out loud when she said to Miss Nina West, "This is the Olympics of drags, and you're the stadium." <laughs> 
<laughs> because one thing I was, I was worried about is that we're going to come out, the girls will come out here and have like 1,800 fat jokes. Or 1,800 Native West has wide shoulder jokes. Exactly. So, and, and then also comparing her to Tina Burner. Mm-hmm. So, Candy was smart in making sure that she hit all of those beats immediately because if you have to follow her, like the next queen we're getting ready to talk about, you have to start, you have to manipulate your material. Right. Because right, right, if the right. girl's already been telling 18 fucking jokes about linebacker Nina, there's only but so many times you need to be here that in succession. Right. Um, and, and what was so smart, you mentioned this during her um, her prep, is Candy took the notes. Yes. She, she slowed down. Her diction was on point. And she, while she also still managed to maintain the Candy level of energy. So I was, I was there. Yeah, anyone who listens to this podcast, no, I don't really like to give Candy too much. Neither one of because, us. So because Miss just... Candy thinks she's the one all the time, and she really is the fifteenth. <laughs> she really is the fifteenth. But tonight, she really blew my socks off. She had me laughing, and oh, and then she used a lot of um, some of those old tired jokes, like oh my god, how many RuPaul so old jokes right, are we gonna fucking hear? me back. Exactly, but then you also saying. RuPaul, you are so old. Jurassic Park brought back memories. I'd never heard that. Mm-hmm. No, that I like, good. and I, I've heard a lot. Of, I've heard a lot of jokes. So like, Candy was everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah, she was good. She was good. I was very pleased and happy. You know what I mean? Um, right. With Candy this week, and so yeah, that's good. I still so, uh, give the production. <laughs> oh, listen, that season, but that's good. I tried. I, I started to say out of my mouth when I was writing my notes for the show. Well, production could have edited this this way, and I said, "No, we're not going to do that to Candy." No, we're going to give no, the girls their things when they yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. Good. We're going to get let's let's walk that back. We're going to give her her things. They could have done that, but we. <laughs> I mean, production the has the production has full on edited a laugh track. Yes, they. Yes, yes, yes. In the past, uh, and that's on. Let's get this roast to cooking. Okay. All right. So up next. <laughs> Can I just say that it is a dream of mine to go up on Drag Race and do the roast and just do a pheromone impression the entire time? Well, it, did you clock that Candy did that in the beginning of the when they were doing their makeup? No, no, I didn't. When they that. came back into the workroom to do their makeup, Candy is skipping in and she's like, "Let's get this roast to cooking." Yes, I, I love that that one line. Fair <laughs> <laughs> look good. <laughs> Oh, she was absolutely she said, everyone, horrible. She said, everyone give a round of applause for Michelle Visage. It's just breast. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. It was so... Well, now that the stage has been stunk up by Michelle's dick breath, that's such a... Shout out, Pheromone. Shout out, Pheromone. Sometimes it's, it's nice to have an I'm Roxy Andrews and I'm here to make it clear that it's so bad, it's good. I love that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, and that tells you, that little tangent just tells you how the next little performer goes. Okay, um, up when next is the you, fashionista with a gargoyle voice. Uh, that was funny. <laughs> yes, hysterical. And I was like, not Miss Thing. I know you're not sitting here talking about uh, people's voices in drag. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's also it's a turn on the the common uh, the joke that went around a lot from Miss Vanjie, the face of an angel, the voice of a toad. Mm-hmm. Another, another turn on that. So excellent, you. So 
out the gate, Simone comes out. She does look stunning. She gives, she's giving me Tony Childs meets Dominique Jackson. <laughs> she looks gorgeous. She looks absolutely stunning. I just, she's, she's giving us her, she's in her Simone characterization for her roast performance, right? So mm-hmm. it's Jennifer Lewis meets Sean Jay. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, the jokes are very, she's overthinking them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think I remember any of the jokes landing. No, they didn't land. And the thing that I, um, the thing she did, the thing that I really, um, I have I think compassion. That's a British accent. No, I have no, I have compassion for it, um, because I understand, but it also irks me when you telegraph to the audience that you're fucking up, right? That you uh-huh. are aware that you are fucking up, because there was a lot of just like, oh, and. You know what I mean? Just dead air and just like sounds right. of you know you trying to recalibrate because you know that you're fucking up. Um, yeah, it was it was bad. Like at, at a certain point, I like started to like cringe in my seat because I was like, "Damn, Simone is fucking up." Yep. I just when she she reminds me a lot of Asia O'Hara. Because well, because well, when Asia would would fall, Asia would fall. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like Asia would. It was always Asia was stellar, or Asia would de- be fucking terrible. It was very <laughs> seldom a middle ground. I'm serious? You, do you remember that fucking snatch game performance? Yes, I remember her and the vixen, Beyonce. Who was calling? Beyonce and Blue Ivy. Not scam likely over here trying to ruin our recording. So yeah, it was terrible. Uh, and then up next, as if. <laughs> As if the bomb could be any more explosive during this roast is Miss Utica comes up here. I do like this outfit she's in. She's giving me Iris up, fell down. Uh, and Rue comments on this during the judging too. It's very Upper East Side, older white lady. Um, she comes out the gate with this joke about uh, Simone ball, uh, bombing. Uh-huh. She said, I thought I was the only one who had the balls to bomb that hard. And I thought that, oh, maybe all of, the, like, all of that misdirect during the prep was just false and it, it is in fact mis- misdirect and she's actually going to do great mm-hmm. no absolutely fucking night wrong not i was wrong right. she committed to that simone and pumba joke that the that lonnie she and committed Michelle, to all the jokes they told her not to commit to that they, they told like, her not to fucking do she did the, the only thing she did was maybe she repurposed them for a different person and then she had the motherfucking nerve to come for lonnie loves comedy jack comedy uh career and <laughs> the rewatching that fucking moment mm-hmm. was iconic because I you watch it and you think that Lonnie's laughing at her joke, trying to give her something. Mm-hmm. No, Lonnie is working on coming for the kill. So Lonnie lobs mm-hmm. back. She Lonnie's fucking cracking up, but she goes, "You are the one bombing right now." And it is giving, <laughs> right. it is giving very uh, get off the stage for Bendel Creme during the comedy challenge. <laughs> Yeah, that was hilarious. I cracked up when Lonnie it was just giggling. She's like, "Well, you're the one bombing right now." And um, everybody is gagged. The, the best joke during the during the cut. And then, well, and also then, too, Unica had also spent uh, like five hours the day before calling Lonnie a fat bitch. So she was also yeah, calling a get, her whole well, right, right, right. Yeah, she was also a get back time. And then she had the uh, audacity to act RuPaul Andre Charles. We know is where. A smooth pair of slippers and sweatpants under that mm-hmm. damn judging table. Well, I actually thought that was stand funny. Up. I oh, thought I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> it was hysterical. <laughs> and I was, I was, I have, I was 
appreciative and taken back by the nerve because you want to talk about the nerve and cuts. No bitch has had the nerve to try RuPaul like that. And here's the gag though. If it is in, if that joke is placed in a place where you already have been clocked by one of the judges <laughs> and your act is going terribly, mm-hmm. that would have worked in the beginning of it, girl. It would have maybe helped the way that it was. Because we Let's acknowledge something else is happening with all these comedy challenges that are happening across the franchise. There are no audiences. The audience is the judges and the yeah. other girls. So you're working with the, the last of a pop lock and drop it. Yes, we are in the middle of a Papa John's. <laughs> so and we do know that when you don't have an audience there to help um, sort of get you energized as you're telling the jokes, things can get awkward real fucking quick. Mm-hmm. And every time that a Utica would attempt to uh, rebound, she would fumble harder and then would go in for mean-ass jokes. Right. So, you know. <laughs> but it, that moment was... launched a thousand memes because then RuPaul proceeds to do what? Lots of friendly gestures to Miss. <laughs> <laughs> she, she gives her one of these numbers like quite a lot, like so much so that I was trying to figure out what they were blurring because they, they didn't blur the middle finger. So I was like, she's not doing that. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I love when I love a good blur out moment. RuPaul is wearing no kinds of fucking nails right now. I she never was nails. Have you know you never noticed that? She never I was nails. I, I don't pay enough attention to her damn hair. Uh, the girls said the girls have talked about it before. How RuPaul doesn't wear nails. Mm. So uh, after that bomb <laughs> is Got Mick. And Got Mick, before we go to commercial break, is saying that they're very nervous, but immediately comes out the gate with a great transition of, wow, however, will I follow up that number. <laughs> and then also already had in the chamber, ready for you to cut a joke uh-huh. about UTIs. Yes. Um, yes. Got Mick is consistent throughout her entire performance with all these holes in this damn dress. Oh, girl, <laughs> I did not see all these holes that you talk about. When she raised her hand after she got called, Sam, I said, bitch, there's another hole in the dress? That was the fashions. Where? That was the fashions of the dress. No, it was the girl. That dress was not supposed to be given singed prom night dress, uh, just honey, no. It was supposed to be a full little sparkly jazz. And then she said, oh, I'm not trying to use any more of my good shit. Let me borrow this dress from Willem that has probably been nice and run the fuck over and has tons of holes in it. There's a hole on her uh, her right arm. There's also a hole under the dress, under the left arm. And there's like another hole somewhere else too. Listen, if, we're clocking La- if we are clocking La La Ree for holes in costumes, okay? We want to well, La La Ree had part. obvious holes up in her costumes. And so did motherfucking Gottmik. I didn't see him. I saw fashions. Oh, maybe you're not paying attention. Oh, what? Fashions by Lisa? Uh, what is it Uh, she by Sheree yeah (laughs) shit by Sheree yes 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 joggers joggers (laughs) we're doing joggers Uh, but anyway back to Gottmik Gottmik is hysterical the entire time her placement is excellent in the show the joke about Ross coming for when the pizza delivers oh yes that was great another good take on on a fat joke Mm -hmm. that is not tired Mm mm-hmm I, I I really enjoyed it. Excellent yeah, work this guy. Be inventive. Wait, because you know, we, we do know the girls will get up here and did you notice that like Michelle during the prep was like, girl, please, no more Michelle is a whore jokes. Yeah. Yes. Because it's been seasons and seasons and seasons of them and uh, we also know that they more often than not are not funny. Just like the exactly. More often exactly. Than not, you know what I mean? Like be creative. You, you didn't talk about Utica uh, making whale noises. Because it was just terrible. The entire <laughs> thing was terrible. 
I I toyed with just going, she bombed. All right, go on, on to that bit. Because <laughs> I will say one thing, too. I am rooting for you to could go home. Well, it's time. It is time. It is time. We're the top and, six. It's time. Well, if you look at my, my other conspiracy theories, they didn't want Tina Burner up in this uh this uh uh, uh roast because Tina might have a shot at the top four. Not according to the New York girls. Okay. If you watch Sibling Watchery, um, the on Sibling Watchery, both of them said the production actually did Tina a favor because in, oh. New, York, in New York, Tina is known for being notoriously bad at roast. <laughs> oh, then there goes my motherfucking theory right there. Then never mind. So up next, uh, out the gate is Miss Olivia, and immediately, first of all, I mean Olivia does not look good right now. She looked think, good from the neck up, barely. I think the hair looked a little disheveled, a little more disheveled than I'm accustomed to seeing with her hair. This outfit is giving me uh, Lynn from Girlfriends, and not in a good way. <laughs> the outfit uh, was terrible. The outfit was fucking terrible. Uh, you can tell that she. I felt like when she came out, she came out defeated. Mm. She, we already know from the beginning of the episode that Miss Olivia says, I am not a funny girl. We know from the prep that she says, I'm going to try to do this nice girl that's also kind of savage situation. But then she's also playing this like naive childlike character during her roast. Yeah, that choice didn't work for me. At all. So what I will say though is she had some good material. So she's, she comes up in here She's her bubbly self, but very, very unsure, very unconfident. And this tied to the point about her material. Mm-hmm. Um, she's reading right up off the card like she's Juju B and Blair from All Stars. <laughs> yes. Because Miss Blair was giving us a smooth turn to page <laughs> and the punchline was on the next page, girl. Right. So Miss Olivia has turned the page sound. Right. Miss Olivia comes out. She does have some good material she says rupaul is so old she signed the declaration of independence as parent slash guardian baby that's hysterical i fell out hysterical the patient zero of drag queens not in reference to michelle being a whore (laughs) smart Mm -hmm. smart i liked her i liked where she went with the um I didn't come here just to be Miss Congeniality because you see where that gets you. But because she wasn't confident in the delivery of those right, jokes, right, they right. did not land. So even right. that moment where she says, you'll notice that Rosé is in silver because I sent her home the first time. It shouldn't have been a self-read. It should have been a read of Rosé always coming in second. Yeah. So she didn't have bad stuff. She had a lot to work with, but she was not confident with what she was ready to go out there on the stage with. And I'm of the opinion that she looked a mess and she was ready to lip sync tonight. <laughs> she was ready to lip sync tonight. You think she was ready to lip sync? It was giving me P for pageant, putting the P <laughs> in pageant. And at least Jada made it made up for that with a fire ass runway. Now she still had to lip sync. <laughs> she still had to lip sync. You hear you're not about to pull another Brooklyn Heights. I think you're gonna get out this lip sync, but you're still gonna lip sync. <laughs> And then last but not least, we have Miss Rose rounding up the group, who I think does a serviceable job. They give her the same critique that I saw when I was watching the performance. She was much, much funnier in the prep mm-hmm. than she was in this actual performance. She has a um, she displays this level of comfort. She's very solid. 
Um, I would have loved for her to really have brought it home in her performance. Child, I'm looking at a close up of Heidi and this outfit, and I'm just like, fucking terrible, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I said, did, you, I said, did they like, look, did they just put you on a bandage and say, come on, girl, just put on any drag? Oh, you don't know where you go, you don't know where you're going today. Just, just put on whatever outfit that you can grab, put you get your hands on, girl. You don't know. Where are we going today? It's a surprise, and then they ended up on RuPaul's Drag Race. Because hey, there's no reason that all three miscongenialities look that fucking like, <laughs> terrible tonight. History or not, they couldn't hire a stylist. Y'all know good. Y'all got friends in high places, bitch. Mm, maybe. Mm. So we get to the judging. <laughs> um, the judges, we go quick and fast with this. The judges yes. loved Candy. Um, they thought that she was great. They glad she took the notes. Um, and they thought that she really was in her element and helped the energy of the entire show. The judges uh, thought Simone had maybe some good jokes somewhere in there, uh, but that her performance was terrible. Her confidence was shot. Uh, the judges loved Got Mick. RuPaul thinks that Got Mick actually has a future in comedy should Got Mick choose to do comedy. Um, <laughs> and they like like there was that, a bit of a reach of a critique, but go ahead. Well, you know, look, we know what the production is doing with Gotmic this season, so yeah, um, but I'm tired of them just handing out fucking superlatives all fucking season. They've been doing that, they do that every season. It's like the same way they go, This is the best set of girls who have ever crossed this stage. Well, I don't have every a problem, season of girls. I don't have a problem with that as much as I do with um, sometimes giving Gotmic undue praise. But, mm-hmm. uh, but um, yeah, the, everyone loves Gottmik. They like that Gottmik took the notes. Uh, Utica, they were like, girl, we told you and we told you in the prep that instead of being mean, you should be funny and you uh, chose that hill to die on anyway. However, we think that you have a pretty outfit on. Um, thanks for bringing that. Your Uber is outside. Girl. Um. <laughs> You may want to take the balls off. I don't think you can fit into the car with that okay. kind of headspace. Uh, with Olivia, they say much the same thing. You know what I mean? Like uh, the choice that you made for being a nice girl at a roast was a good idea, but it could be better executed. Think about yeah. Betty White. Think about these other comedians who have told the line of nice and nasty. Um, you had good material, um, but girl, we're not feeling it. Um, Ross makes the comment that I thought was a deliberate note on production um, of saying that Olivia's niceness is becoming one note. Um, and so there's more in my mind, more of a setup for her to take it to the house soon. Um, yeah, well, you know, also Ross Loki has it out for Olivia. Yeah. And then Rose, uh, they live for her, they read her for her outfit, which I agree with because that outfit, I was like, Miss Thing. Like, Here's my thing with Rose. Did they read uh, her or did they praise her? I thought they praised her for the outfit. Well, RuPaul was also kind of reading because she kept making all these fucking Sheila E jokes about the outfit. But you know, RuPaul, so I said RuPaul is eternally in like the 80s with that whole Sheila E, Sheila e Prince aesthetic. I think Ru was actually going up for the look. Listen. Remember she gave Miss Hilly Don't all be that calling damn, yourself a fashion clown and I have yet to see the fashions. Remember how she gave Miss Hilly all that praise for that damn... Uh, expose outfit week one even though it was basic as hell like i said don't be calling yourself a fashion clown and i have yet to see the fashions in these outfits but rose um did a great job they thought that she was funnier in 
the prep than she was in the roast and that could be due to overconfidence and knowing that you got good material and not um you know doing the extra work of making sure that you give a fire set the night mm -hmm. of and Lonnie talks about how some nights when she would have two shows in the comedy club and if the first one killed the second one was always very different um and yeah, that's the I can relate to that too. Yeah, that's definitely, the judging. Definitely done some shows where like you have to do back to back shows, and one one performance is going to be better than the other. Yeah. So you know, sometimes you might need to. For me, in my case, it's pole dancing. I might, depending on how tired I am, switch out a trick in the middle. But it also makes the performances that they differentiate between the two and gives them more dynamics and make them makes them still as interesting because we tried something different with the next one. So yeah, and I mean, the, it's also a note about resting on your laurels. Right. Don't and sleep, though. I love Laurel, Maryland. So the winner of this week's challenge is no surprise. It's Miss Kennedy um, of the House of Kennedy uh, finally winning. And I can, uh, I will always give the girl her thing when she deserves it. I think she did an excellent job. She really wore all of them girls out. And, you know, it's- Did Asha ever win a challenge? Uh, during her season? During either of the seasons. She won, yeah, she the, won the, the talent show. She won the talent show and lost the lip sync to Bindla Creme, though, according to her, we need to see the unedited footage to actually uh, discern that. Um, yeah. Anywho, yeah, anywho. I agree. Yeah, so Miss Kennedy <laughs> is the winner. Of, uh, what, they, what are they winning now? $5,000 in the $5,000. Yeah, she got $5,000 in this belt. All she's going to win on this show. And the lip seekers, their bottom two girls are Simone, and she says that right out the gate too. So I was like, "Damn, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. damn!" So it's either going to be Simone versus Olivia or Utica, because everyone else does did a serviceable job. And we find out that it is Miss Utica, and I immediately go, "All right, wear her ass out and send her home." Mm -hmm. I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of looking at her. Um, that was mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, how just dare not, you? Utica just has not been doing it for me since. The sleeping bag. Yeah. Yeah. Because she hasn't been taking a note. Right. So the listening song is uh, No Tears Left to Cry, Cry by Ariana Grande. Um, and they get their full licensing fee out of this performance because we sit and listen to all three minutes and 21 seconds of this damn song and watch the whole performance. Right um, now I'm in a state of mind. I quite like the lip sync. I think that um, while it was <laughs> not as big as i would have loved for it to have been uh miss tony uh tony child's dominique jackson was giving me chills with her performance yeah i mean so uh, it was it was dragging for me but i do <laughs> think that because they made us into all fucking eight minutes of that damn song well also they 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 were in those outfits um right but i do think that there were moments that i really enjoyed and not only because of the performance but because of the camera so like mm -hmm. they're like these sweeping angles that they get on Simone while she's turning. Yes. And then there's like this moment where she's coming from the back of the stage with her arm outstretched. Um, and I was like, oh, that's gorgeous. Yes. And the cinematography plays an uh, important role in these lipsticks because we do know that when it's dynamic like that, it's really telling who the winner is going to be because of where your eye goes immediately mm -hmm. yeah. based on that camera work. It reminded me of the Shea lip sync against Vanessa Beji Mateo which was also pretty dynamic, but your eye always went to Shea Coulee. Uh -huh. 
in the performance. So the winner is surprised to no one, Miss Simone, and it is time to send the Cookie Queen Utica. Hold on. <laughs> what the fuck in the hell is that a, a Black Hawk? What is that? Your neighborhood. <laughs> Nigga, I know you're not talking. Pull on silence, girl. Girl, please. I, but I ain't got... Um, What goes on in that balcony? What goes on in the balcony? That balcony across from you? Nothing. So, anywho, I do... Um, So, I love that... You, I, what I do like about Utica is that she gives RuPaul the, the finger, finger one more time. <laughs> I live for that. And she walks off and I... I was quite endeared by her um outgoing message when you think you you to, when you think you can't you you to can mm-hmm. i say all right bitch you, you better you better uh sell us that damn soda whatever the fuck flavor that was that you were trying to give us last week bitch you better and we are now down to fucking five mm-hmm. finally and Everybody they are making sure that a, they are trying to make sure that miss olivia is not in that top four doing the little uh Broadway well, nobody like to do Well, that. one thing for sure. Next week, Olivia is going to have to fight. Mm-hmm. She's going to have to not be in the bottom at all if she wants to stand a chance. <laughs> if Olivia goes into that bottom, at this point, it does not matter who is there with her. Mm-hmm. She's going home. Yeah. Um, and I think that one thing that I will and I was thinking about this is, is almost like I was prepping for Olivia to go home. I was like, okay, what compliments do I got for Olivia? Um, one you, thing, one you thing, better, you better mind these compliments I have sitting on the well, list. Well, no, bitch. one thing that I do think is is being overlooked with um, Olivia in the competition is her experience. Mm-hmm. This girl's been doing drag for less than a year. You know what I mean? I think that a lot of her fumbling in the later half of the season, as much as it is, uh, um. I think that her fumbling in the later half of the season, a lot too can be attributed to a lack of experience. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I do want to give her credit for being a girl who has been doing drag for less than a year and she's sitting up in the motherfucking top five. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can say the same thing about Miss Simone too. I think all of the girls who are, was it Simone's pretty new to the game? You got Olivia. Uh, Utica marched her way up to the top six. With, uh, with less experience than some of the girls who've gone, gone home as well. Rose is the only, Rose and Candy, the only ones who are like the seasoned broads up on that stage that are still left in the competition. Well, according to Simone's drag Wikipedia, she's been doing drag since 2013. Does that include the time she went to prom? <laughs> Because I would, I would like to motion to mark that. I would like to motion to strike that from the record, Your Honor. Reggie Gavin, <laughs> Regina. Yes. So we are now down to our top five dolls. Is this the top five that we saw? Remember back in December when we started watching this? Let me this pull the up the whole cast because I don't forget who went home. Exactly, bitch. This is the top five that you saw. Drag Race. Season thirteen. Let me look at I, the I whole cast. We have stand Simone since we saw her with that wig and the whole Baps experience. Mm-hmm. We didn't. I don't think that. Mm-hmm. I remember us saying in the Meet the Queens was like, "Oh, she probably has like a good middle, you know, middle elimination situation going." Do we don't think we really thought she was going to storm the way that she has? Uh, I don't know if that's accurate. I don't think that we thought that she was going to storm the way that she that she did. Let's go run back the, to our meet the run the tapes back. Run yeah. the tapes back. Run the tapes back. 
Rather than take so, us back. Uh-huh. Either way, I'm very, very proud of her and how far that she's come in the competition. Um, her continuous display of being unapologetically black and all of her performance and in her aesthetic. And it, I think that she's, I don't feel like she's getting a favorable edit. Well, I feel like we she's, know I feel like she's like a true runner. We know production favors certain people over other people. And I think that sometimes, too, there's an issue of the girls not receiving the favorable edits, but also doing well in the competition. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You have them there and they're doing well, but they aren't getting like the edit spotlight um, where, you know, you know, whereas you have Candy and Gottmik who are getting like the editing spotlight and Rose exactly. is a more favorable because in the beginning, the editors were paying Rose Nuge, unless, you know what I mean? It was to overlook Rose. Right, right. We thought Rose was going to be the cunt of the season. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I had any predictions of who would be in the, the final placement other than I did think that Kamora was going to do better than what she did. I didn't. Because I go back to that moment where she says, I'm a parking bark queen. And I don't really give a whole bunch of performance. I said, huh. Denali was the one who surprised me. I didn't think she was going to get as far as she did. I didn't think she was going to get as far as she did in the competition. And good for her. Uh Um, You thought Elliot was going to get eliminated earlier than she did. Uh, Well, she should have. Well, technically, (laughs) I was right. Because technically, she got eliminated first. (laughs) So. Yeah. Anywho. Um. Yeah, we. I, I said early on that Tamisha was going to get sent to the house third. I was right. Uh-uh. The jazz, the Jasmine Masters placement. <clears throat> Enough for a taste, not for a swallow. I knew that was going to happen. Um, yeah. Well, get this season over with so Tamisha can go ahead and break her NDA. Like Baby, I'm waiting. I'm Instagram. waiting. At twelve oh one, like she been promising to do on Instagram. <laughs> Listen, bitch, you were going to hear it first here at Black to Our Roots, bitch. <laughs> While we are not a drama podcast, this does fall in line with our judgment of production, bitch. And we love a good note about production hell. So when Miss Tamisha Mon's NDA is up with RuPaul's Drag Race and World of Wonder, bitch, Black to Our Roots will be there reporting motherfucking lies <laughs> on what that hoe said. Girl, because she read, you know, Tamisha, Tamisha kind of girl, she's like, what, what I got to lose out of this? Y'all, mm-hmm. not, y'all, y'all not about to give me any more than I've already worked for being 30 years in the game. Uh-huh. What you gonna do? Give me some more, some more gigs. I can up my booking fee, so I can do my little Kim mix. <laughs> so I can't wait. So let's get into our favorite category, the and that is wig of the week. Yes, wig of the week. Jamal, who's not your wig this week? Uh, <laughs> um, Olivia, Jamal. <laughs> Yeah, Simone had an excellent wig this this week. Um, is that the most coiffed wig she's worn? Probably the most styled one. I think she's worn the entire time, aside from the, her Meet the Queens. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, quite liked Rose's wig this week. Mm-hmm. I ain't like nothing but that tacky ass outfit. It was I love. Just... I loved it. She looked like she was a backup dancer. It looked like she was doing backup drums with Sheila E. Baby. Uh-uh. I you want know, Rose I to give me actual fashions one day. I live well, for you know, Rose. You know who says she's I a fashion clown too? Fashions. Well, Thorgy says the same thing, and Thorgy does not always give you fashion. So, <laughs> girls will always call themselves fashion clowns, and I'm like, okay, listen, eighteen of you bitches can't be fashion clowns, especially when you <laughs> bitches don't know 
what fashion actually means. Like they you know, gave me fashion clowns. Let the girls march. No, we're not letting these girls march with lies. Absolutely <laughs> not. Why? Y'all let other girls march with lies? Who? Exactly. Shangela give a diet care with the netball. You let other girls march with the lies. <laughs> you let other girls have full on delusions. Mm, yeah, no, I love I loved Rose's wig this week. The wig I like the least this week. Ooh. Uticus. I don't know. Oh, you got a little wispy old lady wig on. Utica's wig. It was the worst of the week. Worst of the week. The Godmix wig was low-key questionable with them uh, attachments up in there. You saw the attachments. You can see them holes in that damn dress. <laughs> Jamal, go back and watch I didn't see no holes in the dress. dress. I'm watching episode Missing, now on mute. And I don't see no holes, three in, holes the in that I dress. I see stylish cutouts. And not in the places. Girl, they are not stylish cutouts. What is that? <laughs> I that's like so. That's like that's like someone burning your dress with cigarette butts to be like, no, girl, this is a stylish cutout. No, girl, I you see need stylish to be removed cutouts. from that house. I did not see no holes in the dress. No, no, there are holes in that dress. It is. <laughs> it was a. She said, "I need a little scoochy dress to run up on this stage on." Okay, if you committed to this story, I'm gonna let you have it. Why would I lie about that? She has holes in the dress. <laughs> there are three. I said, if you are committed to the storyline of her having holes in her dress, I will let you have it. There are holes in that motherfucking dress. So Ooh. anyway, people who are listening, if you um, enjoy, if you have you a hole heard, in your dress, don't you dare come up with false dress. <laughs> girl, please, you let other girls have holes in their dress. Nope, because what did I do when Miss Lala had a hole in that costume? I said, no, Lala. I'm pretty sure Shangela had several holes in her outfits. Well, well, you know, Shangela had a lot of other problems on RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> talk about. <sighs> and that's on what? Diane Carroll at the, uh, <laughs> at the Legends Ball. <laughs> Listeners, we appreciate you so much. Um, and we would love to be in contact with you guys and the other places that we can be found in the various realms of the internet. Um, so if you happen to be on Twitter, you can follow us at Black to Our Roots on Twitter, uh, where we live tweet the episodes and we give you a fierce uh Countess, Countess Vaughn. <laughs> you can also follow us on Instagram at Black to Our Roots Pod, uh, where you're welcome to join in and comment as long as you are commenting and spoiling the episode up under our pictures because your comment will get swiftly deleted yes, uh <laughs> by me that's just of, uh, protocol uh if you are on tiktok we now have a tiktok and it is jamal doing the savage Child, we don't got no fucking tiktok you know we're about to have I a tiktok we're about to have a tiktok we're gonna have a tiktok it's about to be me and you on the, and we're gonna be doing transitions bitch is gonna be one hand in front of the camera girl and one hand back bitch first of all be a tiktok down girl TikTok. yes we're gonna be the two oldest bitches on that motherfucker too girl tiktok is <laughs> Oh, TikTok is black. I hate TikTok so much. And if you're on uh, blackplanet.com, we're uh, Black Targets Pod. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to recapping the elimination of Olivia Lux next week with you. Um, <laughs> or, or, or we could be finally served correctly in the news. <laughs> Girl, what if next week they're going to have candy motherfucking news and Olivia Lux lipstick and they send Miss Candy and they send Olivia home? Even though Candy lips like three fucking times. You know that's what it's going to be if that happens. So, thanks for listening. I am Jamal. And I'm Twinkle Motherfucking Toes. <laughs>